We Talk Games Arcade Weekly. It's the only arcade weekly show brought to you by We Talk Games. <laughs> when you talk about arcade games on a weekly basis through Arcade Weekly, I am one of your hosts, Wiggly. And on the telephone, young and fresh, he's our <laughs> second industry. <laughs> he's young and fresh, second industry co host of all time, Sean Baby. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. You're welcome, Sean Baby. Now, Sean Baby, uh, everybody knows you. Of course, you used to work with uh, Game Magazine. <laughs> yes, I was uh, with Electronic Gaming Monthly. Right. Who were you, like uh, Way Out Willie or somebody in there? They called me Sean Baby in the magazine. Oh, okay. Uh, I never wrote any uh, zany characters. Oh, it's I was... like uh, we had a Sushi X. That was not me. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I was thinking of Game Pro. That's why I oh, thought okay. Way Out. Yeah, that's yeah. Way Out wet not Willie. That's all right. We'll fix all this in post. <laughs> and now you work for Not Brand Eck? Editor at Cracks.com, and um, that's kind of a main gig. I'm working on uh, making some video games, which uh, oh yeah could take several years to finish this one I'm on. I, I got a little ambitious, but um, you can play my first game, Calculords, right now on all, all your devices. I could play it, but it makes my head hurt. It's pretty tough. It's you, a tough game. You know what's wrong with Calculords? you got to think. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a bit engaging for an iPhone game. So if you're trying to like do it on the bus, you might miss a few stops. Yeah, like you know when they, when they had a game like Sevens and you know Drop Five or something like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Tap, tap, adventure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Am I wrong that there's no division? There is no division. See, that's the problem. Well, we get that comment a lot, but say you divide nine by two, okay. you end up with some decimals, oh. and then you get into the problem of what am I going to do with those decimals? And we sort of played with the idea of splitting those into two different numbers, but then that became a nightmare to balance. It, trust me, division is not a simple thing to add to that game mechanic. This is very odd that we branch off so quickly. We usually talk <laughs> to TT about that. We didn't even say what game we're going to talk about, but right. I really do want to talk a little bit about Calculord. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know what this is, everybody, you got to go download it because this is how I described it when I first played it a couple hours ago. And you got to forget. <laughs> you got to forget. Research. Yeah, I don't play video games because they're, they're like for babies. Like Google sure, Gaga, sure. I'm a baby. Give me my money. I'm not into that baby shit. But I did break it out because I, I well, went. Well, is straight street. It is straight street. I'll tell you what, if you see these homeless bums on the street and they smell, they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely not winos because winos are the wimpiest drunks that you can be. They, oh, are, they are hard liquor drunks. That's a weird tangent, but yeah, I think we should talk about uh, fighting winos. For they're, me, strongly in favor. It's a controversial statement, but... It's a way of life, but winos are fucking the wimps of alcoholics. Never thought of it that way, but you might be right. You I could, thought it was like soccer mom day drinkers. Like oh, those are the ones where I look at them. I'm like, I bet I could take like two, maybe three of those women in a fight. <laughs> I always get the excuse, oh, but you could buy a Merlot or whatever. The fuck, you know, this 
I don't know. Do you have to decanter a box of wine? I don't know how that works. Maybe. Have you ever drank a whole <laughs> bottle of Mad Dog 2020, though? I mean, it, it's pretty invigorating. Like, mm. I bet I'm at my toughest after a Mad Dog 2020. Hmm. Hmm. I haven't done all the research. Honestly, I was not prepared for wino fighting discussions, but in a way, I feel like I've been training my whole life for it. You are the perfect co-host for me because <laughs> we will just be completely branched out on trees and run out of time before we could talk about the the actual game we're going to talk about. I got a werewolf here in my home. Okay. She sometimes goes crazy. Werewolves. Now, were you team werewolf or team Dracula? Oh, I, I was kind of more partial creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, team creature? Okay, I was Team Frankenstein's monster. Uh, okay, that's on the Twilight movies, the toilets. So sure. the, the calculator game. Mm-hmm. Well, we did have a little bit of trouble when it when it came out. Like the reviews were three pages long each, and basically they just described how to play the game, and then the reviews just kind of <laughs> ended. So we think we got critical acclaim, but for the most part, people just spent the whole time trying to explain the game. By the way, it, terrific art direction. Number one. Oh. Thank so, you. One of the very few games that was art directed by a comedy writer. So that's, you know. Well, then there should be more. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Yes. So you also worked for that Cracked magazine and what, Me Worry? I still do. I work for the online Cracked. I've never wrote for the magazine. No, that's oh, not it was true. A magazine? I articles at the tail end of that magazine. Oh, God, I write so much. I forget all these gigs. If you go to SeanBaby.com, you can see this fantastic fucking layout you could spend the whole day going through all your little dots of articles and retakes on 1950s 1960s comic pages Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. i do a lot of articles about romance books mixed martial arts video games it's pretty eclectic mix you'll find something you like if you're not familiar with my jokes indeed speaking of romance arts today's episode Mm. of we talk games is of course brought to you by Dr. Tongue Tongue's new and improved magic tongue tongue sauce. Dr. Tongue Tongue's new and improved magic tongue tongue sauce. To place a bag in a plenty of the boiling added, some salt water. To cook on moderate fire at 15 minutes. To get a bag, having picked up a plug for a loop stipulated for the purpose. To allow water to flow down. To open a bag, having broken off it online of notches. To lay out a product on a dish and to add oil to taste. Dr. Tung Tung's new and improved magic Tung Tung sauce. Why settle for old and shitty when you can have new and improved? 10 out of 10, Dr. Tung Tung. Dr. Tung Tung has been advertising on this program for at least two years. Really? And sponsor to score. Like, because a lot of times you get a sponsor, you're like, you know, whatever. Here, here's this mattress company or this toothbrushes or whatever. And, you know, you sell it, but, like, Dr. Tung Tung is like a product you can really believe in. You can speak from the heart about how great Dr. Tung Tung is. You can get behind it. Today, we're going to be talking about a game from 1989. John Tenta actually created this. Dr. Tung Tung had a big part in it as well. <laughs> you will notice uh, there's a sign in the audience that says, oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking of Matt Mania. Darth Vader had the Dr. Tung Tung's uh, sign. Today, we'll be talking about a game by Technos of Japan from 1991 called WWF Superstars. Superstars. Let's go to TT Schmookins really quick with her TT Snap Stats. Hello, I am TT Schmookins. None from AOA member has brother, and this is TT Snap Stats. WWF Superstars was released in 1989 by Technos Japan. The game director was Kishimoto Yoshihisu-san, 
Yoshihisa was released from his mother in 1961. Kishimoto is the grandfather of the Heimaker genre and creator of both Kunio-kun and Double Dragon. Do you like apples? Well this guy created Double Dragon, how do you like those apples? WWF Superstars supports up to up to two simultaneous players, with a maximum number of two simultaneous players. The main board runs off of a 68,080 with a YM2151 and an M6295 for music and sounds. Most cabinets features a horizontal, standard, 456 by 336 pixel raster monitor. All four characters can battle outside of the ring for a 20 count before the match is forfeit and you need to plug in another quarter. It is, however, possible to win the match by having your opponent counted out of the ring. If you are able to knock your legal man opponent out of the ring and then somehow knock down and cover the illegal man opponent inside of the ring, the illegal man will just stay in that rest hold for the entire 20 seconds and your opponent will fail to meet the 20 count. It is also possible to use the dip switches to set how many segments the Spanish announce table will break into when used outside of the ring debris. Yeesh. <coughs> this titty snap stats has been brought to you by friends of the makers of Flonagen's habitual limb oil. Now, it's back to Wiggly and our special industry co-host, Sean Baby, for more of the We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine program. Joey Sassano's Z80 chips. She is. She also has antenna nipples, which are wonderful. As is the tradition with all of our industry co-hosts, the industry co-host gets to pick the game. So, Abano is a bum. Why WWF Superstars? I might be a little self-indulgent. This is always my favorite game growing up. It's an arcade game I own in my home. Oh. I think, yeah. Objectively, this game does more in two buttons than any other game that's ever existed. You're like, oh, I've got a punch and a kick. And then once you start getting into that game, you realize those two buttons can do everything. You'd have like 150 moves in this game. I think that's the basis of why I love it. Like every game ends up different. This is kind of... Technos' thing. Like, if you play River City Ransom or Double Dragon, you're like, look at all these things I could do with just these two buttons. Uh I think WWF Superstars is the best for that. Why didn't you go with WrestleFest, as most people would have? See, I think Superstars is much better than WrestleFest. I think WrestleFest is just a little off. It's, like, not quite as polished. The collision detection is just a touch wonky. Maybe they're a little... Little indulgent with the animation. Sometimes you're like, do we really need to see like the quarter degree angle? It just sort of slows the game down and makes it a little sloppy. And plus, it doesn't have Honky Tonk Man. No Honky Tonk, who is kind of the standout character in Superstars. You're like, Honky Tonk Man, great intercontinental champ, but like no Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan, right? No, no, no. no. Kick Honky. We'll get into why, but like, Honky Tonk's a real solid character. Indeed. Okay, we will get into why. I can't wait to find out. I think I know why, but I'm not going to say. Now, who would you tag team him with before I go into a little bit of the making mechanics? I generally like Warrior, and Honky Tonk is your most versatile, powerful. Whoa! Yeah. But don't you know? (laughs) Do you remember? (laughs) It was so unfortunate. He didn't even get his Elvis suit off! And he was like, now, what's the matter there, Mean Gene? I come out here, I said I would face anyone in the back. I didn't say I would face a warrior. 
I tell you, I said I ever face anybody in the back. Not a warrior. What's wrong with everybody? This is not fair. Nobody wants to see this. Did you have that prepared, or do you just no. walk around with like honky tonk entire monologues? In let me your head? T- let me tell you something. Because you you set me up. You said I'm going to screw some names up. I don't. I always mess up pop culture, and then you like have 40 straight seconds of verbatim honky tonk speech. <laughs> Listen, Jimmy Hart, I don't care if this is the, the <laughs> stool that Elvis sat his fat butt down on, slobbered in a microphone, don't be cruel and hound dog. Nobody wants to see Randy Savage jump off a 15-foot high steel cage onto the... Onto the honky <laughs> man. Oh, man. I have an entire videotape that I put together called The Best of Honky Tonk Man. Wow. And the best thing I think that Honky Tonk ever did, and I, I believe this was back when he wore the suspenders. It was it on Spectravision. Uh, I, boy, it's been a long time since I watched that VHS. I'm going to have to bust it out. But mm-hmm. he was either going against Pedro Morales or Billy Jack Hayes. I think he might have had the belt, and he got knocked to the outside of the ring, and he was unconscious out there. Mm-hmm. And then the camera went down into his face, and he, he looked up and he sort of gave the wink, like, Haha, I'm going to get counted out. So I'm not going to lose nice. my belt. Yeah. Oh, that, no, that so, drove me crazy as a kid. That kind of blatant cheating. <laughs> so that's the reason I would pick superstars as well. However, as I mentioned, John Tenta is, of course, in WWF WrestleFest. And that is the only reason why I would play WrestleFest. I'll usually t- team up Earthquake with Big Boss Man. Because mm-hmm. I just love doing Earthquake's giant earthquake jump. It's and such a good finisher. <laughs> landing on you with his diaper ash. When now, did WrestleFest have the full animation of him doing, like, jumping around on the mat and making oh. them shake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's the easiest one to do because you know that your characters are exhausted when they lay diagonally on the mat. Right. Normally, they'll be parallel to what you're looking at. So when they lay diagonally, you just get by their feet, you hit the one button, boom, 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 you start jumping up and down like a maniac, you hit both ropes, and then the diaper ash right on their chest. Yeah. It's a video game. They could have had him just nail him, but no, it's just a gentle sit. <laughs> he always had diaper ash, John Tenta. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite guys. I never, I never got to work with him, though. Uh, not that I worked with anybody in the ring, but I worked uh, outside of the ring with people, interviews and things like this. And I did punch Lou Albano in the belly. So let's talk about WWF superstars. I had no idea you were such a, a wrestling expert. This is uh, excellent. Unfortunately. <laughs> so let me just take us through a little bit of uh, the making mechanics, which won't take long because I've talked about this a little bit in the past. Tag Team Wrestling, of course, came out in 1983, and that was also by Technos. Uh, published mm-hmm. by Data East, and that was the first wrestling game. Now, was that one button, or uh, I think that might have been one button. You know, I can't remember tag team wrestling. Well, I can't speak as an expert on it. Tag team was the first one. It was also called the Great Pro Wrestling, and that was the one where you could only be a tag team. You could only be one tag team, and you pretty much went against the same guys all the time. And they would go, right. hata, yata, hata, yata. And then this was the first time you had the one, two, three. And uh, so you would get the lockup, and then you would scroll through a menu of what move. Oh yeah, yeah. I recall. I played the Nintendo version of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was not a fan of that. Oh well, see, well, when it was in 1983, and that's all you had. That's uh, that's when you were a fan of it. (laughs) Sure. Now, what what were you? Negative one at that time. 83. I was seven. Oh, okay. Very good. So (laughs) you were able to drive, ride your bike to the arcade. Yeah, no, I drove my tractor to to my job. 
1983, I was graduating, and I said, my first car is going to be a backhoe, and I'm just going to drive a backhoe around down you know, on the That's interstate. Crazy. Yeah, because you know, somebody's in your parking spot. Yeah, if you need to stop to pee, you just dig your own latrine. Everything. It's got everything. If it's raining, you put up that little whatever pup tent over your head. So did you ever uh, get a backhoe? No, I never got a backhoe. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm. You know, it's never too late for a backhoe. That's an old saying. It's never too late for a backhoe. That's what my great-granny always used to say. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. On my dad's side, now my great-granny on my mother's side always used to say, when the libido becomes attached to the aggrandizement of the ego, it results in narcissism and megalomania. Then came... My my great-grandmother said, I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can keep track of visions in my mind. I thought that was so great. After Madame Blavatsky, then we have this happening. Then in 1985... What a diverse set of interests we're covering today. We're all over the place. This is awesome. This is the best show ever. <laughs> Matt Mania came out in 1985, and that was by our buddies mm-hmm. at Taito. Taito came out with Exciting Hour, Matt Mania. And that's a crowd pleaser. That's a fun game. Oh, my gosh. Is it not one of the greatest? And so ripped off by... Uh, probably by Nintendo's wrestling, especially, you know, the Piranha guy was... Uh, right. I think pro wrestling is a big improvement on it, but yeah, definitely mm, mm. influenced. Yeah, but... Mm, yeah, but... Mm. <laughs> I'm surprised with how much you could do with uh, with Matt Mania from 1980... Jesus Christ, 1985. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say that. Then we had Superstars by Technos, once again, came out in 1989, and then WrestleFest in 1991. Well, there were a lot more wrestling games. Jesus, I'm, I'm skipping over a lot. Sure. Yeah, but, Capcom uh, had a pretty big one, that Saturday Night Slam oh, Masters, which is sure. a touch more final fight than wrestling, but still worth mentioning. So that's about enough of the making mechanics. You, you fucking pro-wrestle. The end. Okay, so let's... <laughs> So WWF uh, superstars, I'll run down the roster here. Hulk Hogan, Big Boss Man, the Ultimate mm-hmm. Warrior, Macho mm-hmm. Man, uh, Randy mm-hmm. Savage. By the way, are you friends with uh, with uh, Leap and Lanny Popo? Pop, Popo? Oh, we don't hang out. You don't hang out? We toss the Frisbee every now and then. <laughs> they used to film the Sunday shows here in Allen- the Lehigh Valley area at Ag Hall in Allentown. And they also filmed some in New York. And but Lanny Poffo came on the scene right after uh, this happened. Hulk Hogan was just coming around, and this mm-hmm. is when he would walk around the ring, and every manager was saying that he was in their stable, and he still had like chest hair and stuff. And uh, oh man, that was back in the days when we had our first big heel turn, which was uh, Larry Zabisco against. Bruno Sammartino, Boston Crab submission. You know, Larry Zabisco was Labisbo, Nabisco, some crack by Nabisco. He was his protege for all this long time. And then all of a sudden, oh, you get hit in the head with the chair. I saw my first blading happen. It was all good. I also hung out in the parking lot when um, Ted DiBiase, who was a non-playable person in this game, uh, mm-hmm. was still a, a youngster, and he was the North American champion, not the Intercontinental. Uh-huh. And he got beat by... Uh, oh, boy, who beat him? Anyway, he hit him with a freaking thing on his knuckles, and I went out, and he was leaning on a car in a parking lot. He had a fucking dent in his head. From- <laughs> I wish-, <laughs> wish I could think of that guy's name. It was all a bit before my time. Yeah, it was. I didn't know DiBiase until he was full-on million-dollar man. Gotcha. And then, of course, there's that one time when we went to the City View in Allentown, and there 
sitting all by himself at the counter with his fucking trunks <laughs> like, like a plumber's crack, Rene Goulet. He's just hanging out in his, his underpants. His embroidered panties sticking out from underneath his jeans. And uh, it was just a very sad moment. I, I don't know oh. why. Very, very sad. But uh, yeah, he used to go in. Bob Ockland would be doing his freaking uh, stomach crunches and everything uh, before the tapings. And they taped like three shows, but they charge you five bucks because they'd have some dark matches in between mm-hmm. um, each taping. Uh, and it usually involved Moose Monroe, who, <laughs> who is a scrub. Moose Monroe. You've probably never heard of that scrub. No. But yeah, not he, familiar. he did a great job. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Macho Man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you got him. Mm-hmm. Don't like that fella. Hold on. You yes. don't like Hacksaw Jim Duggan? I always liked the heels. Let me tell you a story about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, I saw him uh, wrestle probably 15 years ago, so pretty recently in Hacksaw time, mm-hmm. uh, in Eugene, Oregon. And, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out, and he does one clothesline, and then he rolls out of the ring and does like 25 minutes of USA chants. And not a single person there was upset about it. Gets back in the ring, the heel gets scared and leaves, 20 more minutes of USA chants. The whole match, 17 hours of USA, USA, and every single person will swear to you it's the best wrestling match they ever saw. I saw the same match at the Philly Center. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get the feeling he invented it that night. No. But it was perfectly executed. You're absolutely correct. That was a show that George the Animal Steel actually put on because uh, oh. George had a, a wrestling um, dojo, I don't know what the fuck you call him, wrestling office. You go into office. <laughs> he had a wrestling office. He was a teacher. Yeah. Um, but uh, What lucky kids to find out their teachers George the Animal Steel like finding out Santa Claus is real. That's just, that'll change your whole fucking world. Can you take your shirt off? <laughs> what color's your tongue? Yeah. Indeed. What was this? Oh, he handed me his, his uh, card, and and right on there it said George Animal Steel Wrestling. And there was a cross. There was a cross on it. Oh. Good Christian Wrestling Federation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's a real pious guy, that George the Animal Steel. <laughs> Why is it? Um, eh, eh, we can go off on that for an entire another show. Well, I'm sorry, for the, listeners. The majesty of Jesus Christ? Yes. Is that, <laughs> let's do it. Wouldn't Jesus Christ have been a great person to come into this? Like, just with a foreign object, hit you with his cross, and then you'd never you know, see split. that heel turn coming at all. You'd be like, whoa, Jesus is a bad guy? Jesus is coming to help the ultimate warrior. Oh, no. He hit Elizabeth. <laughs> he turned her to fish. <laughs> All right. Uh, then we have non-playable characters: the Million Dollar Man, uh, Ted DiBiase, and his tag team partner Andre the Giant. Both of mm-hmm. them non-playable, uh, but that is the tag team that you want to go and beat, and they're always uh, talking shit at you throughout mm-hmm. the whole game. Because the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and, and Andre the Giant are only in tag team, I just have a feeling that Technos felt the WWF superstars just couldn't carry a full match. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if it's that so much as just like there's a, the DM plays is just much deeper with a tag partner. Like you have a whole safety net of an extra health bar. Mm. It, um, there's a whole outside of the ring element that mm. like chaos can really erupt. Like my brother and I used to play this all day, every day. And we would do things where we'd leave the ring and that would give the second player the opportunity to like leave the apron and control the other character. And then they could sneak in and just do tons and tons of damage 
against an AI that's completely confused as to what to do. And like that became part of our strategy. Gotcha. We really didn't get to find out exactly why and the more whys of what you think about this and why you think that the best team is the Ultimate Warrior and Honky Tonk Man. Okay. Well, Hogan and uh, Ultimate Warrior are the best strikers. And if you're really trying to play it safe in this game, striking is sort of the best way to to get through there safely. Because once you get in a tie-up, the AI will dominate you. And other players, it's just kind of a flip of the coin who's going to win that tie-up and do the massive damage. Sure. So your safest kind of hanging back and kicking Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior have these gigantic brick walls of kicks. Like, they stick their foot up there, and if you get anywhere near that foot pixel, you're just knocked silly. So you want one of those guys in your team just to, for safe striking. But Honky Tonk Man almost has the exact same level of kick. Mm. Like, it's good. It's a sweet kick. Honky Tonk Man also has two running attacks that the AI can't duck, which is very, very handy. But the thing that makes Honky Tonk Man best, him and Big Boss Man have this, is they can tie up Andre the Giant, put him in headlock, and then do like a power move against him. So Honky Tonk Man can grab Andre and give him the noogie. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you try any power move against Andre, regardless of anything, like Andre just blocks it and counters you. So can't pile drive him, no. can't press slam. If you uh... press slam Andre the Giant, you would be elected emperor of the earth. <laughs> you know what's funny is when Andre was face and Hogan was heel uh, mm-hmm. in that one match in New York, it was almost the same thing as WrestleMania, except with the roles reversed. Mm-hmm. Andre even played it in that match. Um, he got the extra hundred bucks. But let's talk about real wrestling on the video games. <laughs> Because that's right. the only place you can do real wrestling. They call it in the ring on the video games, by the way. Honky Tonk also has the wonderful fist off the top rope, uh, yep. just as he does in the ring. And his shake, rattle, and roll is quick. It's a quick swing and neck breaker. You don't have the big buildup, but it yeah. is there. It is there. It's there. What else about Honky do I like? He's got a great shape. <laughs> He's very sexy, very yeah. erotic. <laughs> He's oiled up just enough. Oiled up just enough. <laughs> I like to team up Honky with his nemesis as well, uh, with the Macho Man, or mm-hmm. I will do uh, Honky and Big Boss Man. And it's nothing to do with strategies. It's stri- strictly about right. those are like the only two people well, I let, like. Let in the me game. tell you the, the fun things about those two characters you picked. Macho Man has uh, a clothesline where he'll, it's high risk flying lariat. So he'll jump up, clothesline the head, and take him down with him. And it's one of the most satisfying moves in all of video games. When you hit that, it's just sweet. If you're good, you kick the guy, stun him a little, flying lariat. And you just keep doing that, and you will wreck dudes. Bossman has the only infinite combo in the game. When you have their health low, he does the, the side slam, mm-hmm. the bossman slam, instead of the, the back body drop. Anyway, the point is you, you get him to the ropes, bossman slam. And, when you, and if you let the AI get up from a super move, they'll get up groggy. So then you walk into their back, and then you'll throw them into the ropes again, automatically, boss man slam. And you wow. can repeat that for 10, 12 hours. That's great. Did you ever do that? <laughs> I have done that many times. I have like nope. arcade game in my living room. Sometimes I'm just like, I would like to spend today doing infinite boss man slams. I'm very jealous. And that's, yeah. <laughs> boss man slams all day. <laughs> You know, a lot of people don't even realize that you can do the finishing moves in Superstars. Because mm-hmm. it's a little more obvious in WrestleFest, but it's it's a little more subtle in Superstars. Yeah. Can you run down some of the different things? Let's see. Hogan's got his leg drop. Oh, yeah. Anytime, you just drop the leg drop on their head. Macho Man's got an elbow off the top. Honky Tonk Man, you mentioned, has his shake, rattle, and roll, falling neck breaker. 
I guess Honky Tonk in real life has a swinging neck record. It's very clearly a falling neck record in the game. Yeah. This is some this is some high level wrestling nitpickery going on. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, Hacksaw does not have the shoulder tackle. They gave him a flying knee instead, which is maybe weird. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. and in fact the when the AI has Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it is a drop kick fest. I have oh. no idea why, but they just they said, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was known for his drop kicks. <laughs> Aerial acrobatics. <laughs> Indeed. I always thought and, uh, he was known for his Coke. <laughs> he definitely got the best Coke. I love watching Hacksaw these days because, like, they'll have these wrestling specials. They'll cut to the wrestler. And the, the kayfabe days are kind of gone. So they'll sort of talk about, like, what was supposed to happen and behind the scenes. Like, you know, I was scheduled to lose this match, but blah, blah, blah. Like, we all kind of know wrestling is fake at this point. Sure. Hacksaw and Jim Duggan did not get that memo. <laughs> so he'll talk about it as if, like... We're six-year-olds in 1975, and, and we, we still think wrestling's real. I actually have a shirt that is still available online that said, Remember when Sheik and Duggan had that crack? Mm-hmm. When they were uh, yep. in a big feud, they got stopped. I believe that was also yeah. here in the Lehigh Valley. <laughs> I could be wrong. Somewhere yeah, in I mean, Pennsylvania. But yeah, there's all those famous wrestling stories like when Hogan was with the Savage Samoans, and their characters couldn't talk English. So like they ended up getting in a ton of trouble for an unregistered firearm that they could have cleared up if, like, the dudes could talk. <laughs> right. And I just, just, what? Yeah, the Samoans had their rest. Why can't I think of the, what you fucking call your wrestling place? <laughs> they had their, their wrestling training center uh, here in the Lehigh okay. Valley as well. Yeah. And for some reason, well, let me let me just, just stop here real, really quick here, Sean Baby. Like, I haven't talked enough in this episode. But uh, um, I've been with Trapdoor since 1987. We started doing music together. And mm-hmm. uh, I used to wrestle Bionic Bigfoot at, dressed up as a $6 million man. Uh, oh, nice. The, the real $6 million, not, not the million dollar man, or not Steve Austin, the, not the $6 million man. The Bionic yep. guy. And I even had the patch yep. on my, my shirt of me to prove it that I was the doll of myself. And oh wow! So That's I, some meta. So, yes. So I'd have to try to get some pretty big guys to be Bionic Bigfoot, and mm-hmm. this one fellow I got, and he was training with the Samoans. And Alpha said, "Don't work with that guy. He's no good. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a musician. I sing and I dance, <laughs> and we do one little wrestling bit that you know I get hit with a trash can, and then I do a Bionic jump and." You know, mm-hmm. the, the, I, I got a quick question. Do you rip Bionic Bigfoot's arm off? Uh, uh, that that would have been the ultimate. One time, I did take off his Yeti head because it was he oh. was a combination. He would wear the Yeti head uh, hat. If you remember when they would do things about the abominable, dominable snowman, abominable, dominable, abominable, dominable, abominable, abominable. It's pronounced abominable. So when they would do stories about the bubble bubble snowman, there he would always show this guy, and he had no teeth, and he was wearing this fucking cap on his head. Mm-hmm. So I made that cap. It was later found out that it was a baboon's ass sewed together or something like this. Wow. So he would wear that hat on top of his curly Andre the Giant hair. He also had fuzzy boots, and he dropped me right on my fucking head with a... Should have listened to Afa. <laughs> but this was a different guy. That's why. Okay. See, because Alpha wouldn't let the good guy work with me. We could really do mm-hmm. wrestling. The other people I had to teach how to do these things. So we had to do things wrong because they couldn't get them right. Instead <laughs> of taking real pile drivers, I had to take, you know, tombstone pile drivers and protect my own head. Right. Yeah, that's and, very safe. On your head. 
good to go. Just you just, get a you get a mouthful of taint, but it's better than having your head <laughs> dropped on this stage. Indeed, there were just all these different ways that I had it. So I had to like take a back uh, uh, upside down backbreaker to be thrown down then on my stomach through a, a trash can or something like this. And he <laughs> had me up there, and his boot got stuck on the rug of this uh. one stage. And he tore his ACL. Oh, so here's Bionic rough. Bigfoot tearing his ACL and, and dropping me on my head. I'm seeing stars. He goes, Wiggly, Wiggly, my knee, my knee. I'm like, oh, wait, well, you have to go to the hospital? What's you know, he's whispering. He goes, no, no, fin- do the finish. <laughs> do yeah. the finish. It's a fucking song. We don't have to finish. <laughs> so uh, as he walked to the back, I ripped off his uh, <laughs> I ripped off his Sasquatch hat and I just threw it at him in disgust and he walked away. <laughs> And just he sat in back of the stage the entire rest of the show, and it was just—I oh, felt so weird. bad. He's okay now. He's okay now. And I did it's some stars. A real sad ending. Yeah, feel so bad for Sasquatch. Me too. But the guy that me out had to sit there looking like an asshole the whole show. In the back, and I and I shamed him. I baboon assed shamed him Ugh. right in his clown yeah. wig. That guy probably sits up in the middle of the night sometimes just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? He caused my second divorce, and I really liked that girl too. So, <laughs> fuck so him, fuck man, him. You know? exactly. I fuck was him. always, I was always on your side. Don't get me wrong. Thank you. <laughs> the guy that was with Afa, he actually split me open too because I couldn't afford a new trash can all the time. So he'd have the Bionic Bigfoot trash can. <laughs> we do the Six Million Dollar Man song, techno-y type of stuff, and I do the mm-hmm. slow motion jump. And then, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, Bionic Bigfoot sneaking up in back of me with his spray-painted trash can that says, Bionic, that says Bigfoot on it. Bigfoot number one, probably. Because I used to have to straighten it out. The seam of it, when he... Oh, that's right. His fucking baboon hat fell down over his eyes. So when he hit me in the back, <laughs> he actually hit me in the neck. And it just happened to hit me in the neck with the seam of the garbage can. So he split my neck open. <laughs> In the back. Yeah, like, I saw the documentary on this, and uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I I could have been crippled for life. You could have yeah. severed my spinal column. And he did that blind. That's just instincts. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I always had the ref in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty deep cut pop culture reference when you got like you're referencing a single episode of a, of a 1970s bionic show. Two like, two episodes. One he, he, they one, was in two episodes? Yeah, one he was Lurch, and the other one he was Andre. And it's as if they never knew the other episode existed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a time to be alive. Oh, it was great. It was great. I don't know if it was in his contract, but Lee Majors, of course, he wore the very, he wore a V-neck that stopped at his belly button. Yeah, but, very sad. So every show he's wearing a leisure shirt with his V-neck down to his belly button and all his chest hairs and everything. So they're in space. They're going for a moonwalk. So so everyone has their big moon astronaut outfits on, giant turtlenecks made out of, you know, big foam rubber. But but Steve Austin has a V-neck space suit. (laughs) Ah, so that's the end of that. Oh, oh, oh. By the way, I had to mention this. LC75LC71. That is the password to something. So if you can figure that out, you'll get into that account. I just remembered who hit Ted DiBiase with the freaking bar across his fingers. Pat Patterson. 
Pat Patterson. When he was that healed. sounds like something he would do. He was yeah. a heel, and he won the North American Championship, and I believe he retired it. And that was the end of that belt. He and uh, Vince McMahon, a lot of the high-level executives, they've always had this running gag where they trick each other into uh, looking at each other's poop. Did you know this? <laughs> now, this is something I've never heard. No. Yeah, I, I have a buddy, this. and he used to uh, write for WWF. Uh, he wrote the Big Boss Man Big Show feud. Uh, he was a writer during that time. <laughs> Writing so on he the was actually, coffin? Yeah, he was personally <laughs> responsible for that. And uh, if you've ever seen wrestlers, when the camera gets right into their face and they're looking around to make sure no one's looking, he invented that because he just thought it was funny that they were being sneaky while literally a camera is two inches from their face. <laughs> I know. Um, I hated yeah. that. that. His name is Tommy Blatchett. He made um, Metalocalypse. He's a very, very funny, talented guy. Anyway, okay. he would tell these stories of how they would like constantly say like, oh, I need you in this other room and then go in the other room and there would be like a pile of poop or they'd say, hey, I need you to come into the bathroom and like listen to this phone call and boom, toilet full of poop. <laughs> Sean, baby, what would you change about WWF Superstars? I know you have this in your house, but what if yep. you could change something about it that you think would make it better? <sighs> what would that be? I would add the ability to taunt because the AI can actually do each wrestler's taunt and it pisses me off so much, not just because they're mocking me, but because I don't have a button to do that. Gotcha. That's the only thing I would change is just I want to make Honky Tonk dance. That's <laughs> what I would change in my real life, too. That would be amazing. The only thing I would change about it, I think, would be, well, I can't even think of another character I would want in there. Ravishing Rick Rude. You think that would have been a good pick? Oh, he would have been the best. I think managers would have been nice as well. Just have him ringside every now and then, you know, give you a cheap yeah. shot when you go on the outside of the ring. It's an interesting idea. Superstar Billy That's, Graham was always my favorite wrestler when I was a kid, too, but he was mm -hmm. he was out of the WWE. A little after his time, yeah. Oh, he did come back for a short time as a kung fu. First of all, he was dead, by the way. So Superstar Billy Graham was dead. I don't know how many years he was dead, but he had died. And then all of a sudden he came back with a bald head and a black beard and kung fu pants. And he was a martial <laughs> arts master. And that lasted about a week. Pretty impressive for a dead guy. And then he died again, and then it was... Ken Patera. That was also past his time as well. But then uh, he got sold down the river. But I also missed the one, two, tawee! I don't know why that wasn't put into this game. That's actually a really good note. I think the, the one, two, tawee, I think that's... I think would have improved the game a lot. It would Take the audio straight <laughs> from that Tootsie Roll commercial. <laughs> Three. Yeah, that's what you, that's what that's what's what should always happen after someone did a three. This is a time of the show where people are fucking trying to get their head screwed on straight after our mutual tangents. And we do our one sentence review. So uh Sean Baby, whenever you're ready. This is the best game. That's a pretty good one. I don't know if I could beat that. <laughs> this is the best game. You know, we don't, nobody even knows what you're talking about. <laughs> this is the best. You have to listen to this podcast, find out what the best game is. You could quote him on that as well. It's just going to go on my Twitter. It's going to say, this is the best game, till they Sean baby. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You watch, right, as soon as uh, we hang up. It's happening. I prefer a dash over a tilde. Okay. Or a soy americano. I'll make it happen. 
Here is my one sentence review as I make it up on spot. <laughs> You've had all this time to think and you don't have it ready? I don't have anything. Okay, here's my one sentence review. The game may feature a basic grappling and attack system, but from grappling with the honky tonk man, that's a comma, but from grappling, when you grapple with the honky tonk man, why settle for old and shitty when you can have new and improved? That sentence was a four out of ten. Best I can give is a four out of ten. Do you give it the three smiley faces? Is that what happens on the Game Fan Pro magazine? <laughs> I think you mixed uh, my magazine up again, but what I did do was that would be a solid burn if I wrote for a magazine that rated by smiley faces. <laughs> I actually had a Game Pro magazine because I sent in what do you call these? Tits and trips? Yeah, tits and tits. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I sent in a tits and tits for uh, uh, Crater Maze because I got Crater mm-hmm. Maze home. I immediately beat it, and because it used the password system, I wrote my letter immediately, sent it in a GamePro, sent it in an EGM, and the only place that printed it was the best place, GamePro. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I got my Fido Dido t-shirt. <laughs> That said, <laughs> games are awesome or something like that. <laughs> you know, your life probably would have been better if you didn't have that T-shirt. It so, was like I mean, 2XL and all the neon so colors. And God fighting. bless both of you. I think each of you made some some serious errors in judgment. But um, the, the EGM with, I think it was Ninja Gaiden 3 for the NES on the cover. If you have that, you will uh-huh. see my letter to the editor about oh. the pros and cons of people shitting on the turbo graphics. Don't shit on the turbo graphics cuz you're defending the turbo graphics. Yes. The Genesis is okay. You know, it's good. It does this well, it does that well. But look at all the colors and the and the palette swaps that the turbo graphic is doing during the different shooters of Galaga. So you you were pro turbo graphics 16. You you were using its technological power Dude, as your your the backbone of your argument. I sold all the turbo graphic systems in the United States of America, which isn't a lot. Yeah, all 12 of them. That's a good, that's a good job. Oh, 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 Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> you got jealous ass, brother. Wrong. If, if they would have just, listen, here's all they needed to do. When they brought out the Turbo Duo in America, the Turbo Duo, so late that they bring it out in America. When they brought out mm-hmm. the, Turbo Duo in America, and the Turbo Duo in America, if they would have just put that one extra 8-bit chip that they had in the Super Graphics in the Turbo Duo, it would have fucking blown away the Super Nintendo and everything else. That fucking yeah. console kept its shit together. Then double that with the Duo. That'd be a TurboGrafx 48, if my math is right. And that's like 17 more than the Sega Genesis. So, that's solid. Listen, the TG-16 could display longer sprites. Yes, the Genesis could display more sprites, but not as long as the TurboGrafx sprites. And the turbo well, when I'm playing a game, I do generally measure the length of sprites and say, like, well, this sprite is a little longer, so <laughs> I have to give this game a 9 out of 10. All right. Well, you stick with your blurry-ass shit games, and I'll go with my color-popping eyeball fun b-ball. See, I didn't know your sales pitch was this good. I can see how you sold so many TurboGrafx-16s. And, and the Turbo Express was, like... Beyond anything else, yeah, it costs eight hundred dollars for a handheld system. It's but a great deal. It, look at the links. Jesus Christ, what type of eyeballs did you need to have to think that the links look good with all the scan lines? 
you had to be wearing those glasses that made you be able to see the x-ray vision in order to actually see what's going on the links i love the links and i love my links cable and i love playing uh, squash ball against a robo mm-hmm. robo squash i love every system i yeah. just don't play them because they're for little babies goo goo gaga give me my nunny sean baby uh it's been great talking to you Hey, you pronounced my name right. It is it is Sean Baby followed by a four second burp. <laughs> and I hope to see you in one, two, three. That's a great button. Mm. You're one of the best. Well, we've been all over the place, and I appreciate it. And I hope that you come back on the show sometime if uh, you ever have time and we go way over as well. So, SeanBaby.com to find out everything that you're up to. And uh, let me tell you, it's a lot of funny shit. Anything else? Anyone to plug? Please enjoy Calculords on iOS and Android devices. Get it for all your things. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. We hope that you like us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.